Amen. So God is good. Amen. I can tell you, you know, uh, got his prayer answered. You know, thank you all for your prayers because I tell you on Wednesday, I don't know what it feels to be 100 years old, but that's what my body felt like and the pain and everything like that. Um, but, you know, praise God. Uh, I probably had, I think, Thursday, maybe about 20 percent of it. And then each day it's gone away. And to today, I haven't felt nothing. So praise God. You know, I don't know if I was going to be able to get up here today, <laughs> but uh, by the grace of God, you know, uh, God's here. He He is our prayers. Amen. So, you know, prayer is important and uh, it's vital to our relationship, vital to our walk. You know, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, regardless of what it is, we can grow weary sometimes. But God wants us to continue to persevere and, and trust in him. You know, you know, we, we see in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, everybody's situation didn't always look good. Right. But when they put their minds on the Lord. He showed up. All right. Sometimes we got to have things, you know, what we believe in God for. But he wants us to put our minds on him. All right. And, uh, you know, you think about Paul and Silas. They weren't praying to get out of jail. They focused on Jesus and started worshiping him. What happened? He showed up. Right. Not only did he show up and set them free. Right. But they didn't escape. Right. The captain of the guard got saved. Amen. All right. Because they were focused on themselves. Amen. So let us let us not grow weary in well doing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I just felt I wanted to say that. That nothing to do with my message. Amen. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to definitely try to get through all this today. So, you know, we, we started on Revelation last week, uh, Revelation chapter one, and we're going to dig into Revelation chapter two. And, you know, um, we read, and I think I talked about it, that, you know, there were seven letters written uh, to seven, well, not seven letters, well, yeah, seven letters written to seven different churches. So we're, we're going to start with Ephesus today, and I said that we'll, we'll do one church uh, each week. And, uh, you know, Ephesus is one that is, uh, we can get a lot of information from that and just from the Bible and Acts. We went through Acts on Wednesdays. You know, we see that Paul established a church there in Ephesus, right? He, he shows up at Ephesus on his, on his uh, missionary trip, and he gets there, and he runs into 12 disciples, basically 12 disciples that were received the baptism of John but had not been introduced to the Holy Spirit yet. So Paul ministers to them. They receive the baptism. They receive Christ, and they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And one thing we know from Ephesus is this, that Ephesus was, it was a seaport, right? So Ephesus was on the coastline. Ephesus was actually a big city. It was a big place. And it was actually really, well, when Roman had control during that time, Ephesus was probably second to Rome, right? So anybody that came through that wanted to go inland, you know, there was other ports there, but a lot of them would come through Ephesus. So we know from Ephesus, through, just, just through Acts alone, Ephesus, Ephesus was bound in idolatry. There was a riot that took place in Ephesus where um, there was a, basically uh, an idol maker called, uh, named Demetrius. So once Paul starts witnessing the people and church starts getting established and more Christians come, 
So now, people are doing what? They're no longer serving the idol of Artemis or Diana, depending on which translation you have. Basically, the Romans called it, Artemis was already an established name, but uh, Rome called her uh, the, the statue, the idol, um, Diana. So, they were upset because now their business was starting to take a hit, right? Because what happened, uh, as these people got saved, they came and they burned all their books, right? Books of magic and things like that. So now, they no longer have a need to purchase an idol, purchase medallions and things like that, because this is what Demetrius and other silversmiths, were, they were making. So, they were making a lot of profit, so they, they became upset with this. So, Whenever you have paganism and idolatry, sin is going to abound there, right? And even when we know that Paul wrote the letter of, of Ephesians, but we see in Ephesians that there's a lot of spiritual warfare taking place. Just reading that letter, Paul is encouraging them in spiritual warfare. Why? Because there's a lot of demonic activity there, which is the reason why God had to work supernatural miracles even through Paul, right? Because that is where... People are taking handkerchiefs from his body and taking them to sick people so they can be healed. Amen. Right? So Amen. the Bible itself says the Lord worked unusual miracles yes. while he was in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and it also would explain why Paul would he stayed in Ephesus there longer than anywhere else. He stayed there for three years. Right? And then when he wasn't there, he made sure that they had good sound doctrine there. He sent Timothy there. He also sent Priscilla and Aquila there, right? We know Apollos went there. And we know that the Apostle John actually lived there, right? And I talked about that last week. They had some good teaching there, right? So when we get to Revelation, now this is like 40 years, about 40 to 45 years later from when Paul was there. So we know that there's probably still saints that were alive back when Paul was there, right? And there's probably some new saints. But one of the things Paul always is to make sure that they have sound doctrine. Right? Sometimes I, I feel I, I can get on myself where I'm like, man, maybe I'm too hard about sound doctrine. But no, because we're going to see some scriptures here and why it was important. Right? As we get to the church, the, the letter that was written for the church of Ephesus, Jesus commends them for 11 things. Right? 11 things, and we would think if, if this was a church today, we'll be thriving, we'll be good. Right? Eleven things they were commended for. One thing they were not commended for. Right? That's that's but what? About a ninety one average, right? That that's good for our standards, right? That that that's good for if we were taking a test somewhere, we would be happy we got a ninety one. Right? But Jesus Jesus wasn't he, he says things, right? He he wasn't fully pleased with them, right? Mm -hmm. But Ephesus was a place they they stood tall on sound doctrine, and guess what? They hated what Jesus hated, mm -hmm. right? And some of the things that we're going to read, even as we go through these seven letters, that if we were to say these things today, some of the people would be like, oh, we're too harsh, we're judging, right? But these are things that Jesus said. One thing that we can notice is this. As we go through these next few weeks, if we do everything that Jesus commends <laughs> in all seven of these letters, well, six, because one, they didn't get no, they, they, they did no good, right? But uh, if we do the, whatever he commands and then we don't do what he tells them not to do, we're good. We're, we're good.
right? When we read these letters, sometimes we can get a big view like this is one big church. When Jesus is writing this letter, he's writing to all the church that was there. Because we know through the scriptures that, yes, Paul taught them publicly, but he also taught them from house to house. Right. So there were house churches there. Right. But unlike today, they function as one body. Right. It wasn't one church here, one church there, and we're all separate. No, they function as one body. Right. Because that's the way Jesus designed it for it to be. Right. We're supposed to be one body. So no matter if we're here, no matter if we're in Australia, Canada, Africa, we're supposed to be one body. Paul wanted to make sure that they had sound doctrine because of the idol worship that was taking place there. Right. So how important is a sound doctrine and not to give in to false teachers? We'll get to uh, Revelations 2 in a minute. But First uh, John 4 1 says this. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, mm -hmm. whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is what the church of Ephesus did. As we, we, we get there, they tested the spirits, right? They didn't go by just because someone said that they were Christian. They didn't go by just because someone had a church there. No, they tested the spirits. Mm -hmm. Why? Because... We know that Satan can pose as an angel of light, right? He has workers. And we also know that weeks and tears in that, right? So everybody that calls himself a Christian is not a Christian, right? And we're going to see this even as we go through these letters in Revelation, right? Second Corinthians 13 and 5 says this, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? So what are we testing ourselves against? The word of God. Right. So if we don't know the word of God. Then we could become disqualified. Right. So we have to be careful. This is why you always hear me say we have to be careful on what we allow to come inside of our ear gates, our eye gates. Right. What we speak, because every church that's a church doesn't mean it's a church of Jesus Christ. Right. So we have to be careful. So now you have so many. We look at all the churches we have. Right. Look, look at all the churches we have. I, actually, just in this area, just in this area. Right. We don't have to go to Petersburg. Don't have to go to Richmond. Just right here. Right. Just on the strip alone. We have all these churches. Right. But yet. Everywhere is dark. Right. Everywhere is dark. So. uh Phil mentioned, for those, I don't know if y'all watched the video yet, but at the 18 minute mark, he talks about how we're supposed to be the light, right? And I talked about last week, and we're going to see that there's a lampstand, right? So in the older days, the priests, they would take care of the lampstand, so they would trim the wicks, they would put oil in there. Why? Because the lampstand and the, the, the temple had to be lit every day. So they knew that God's presence was there all the time. Right. So now we know that Satan is the ruler of this world. Right. So the world is going to be dark, but we're supposed to be the lampstands. Right. We're, we're supposed to be lampstands. Right. So now while the priests back in the day would take care of the lampstand, filling it up with oil, trimming it. Guess what? Jesus Christ, who the high priest is taking care of us. Right. But unlike back then where the priest would go to the lampstand, we have to go to the priest. We have to go to the priest and get filled, right? So let me show you this. So not really a lampstand. <laughs> so this is Ephesians 2, 
So inside this lantern, there's a wick, right? So I guarantee you, if you go find somebody in an abandoned building with no power, they would love to have this. Someone in the cave, right? Someone in the woods at night or in the forest, jungle, wherever. They would love to have this, right? Why? Because it will bring them light, right? However, if there's no oil in here, it looks like a light, but guess what? It's not going to light up. It's going to be dark, right? So you can light this wick all you want to, but without no oil, it's going to be dark, right? So we got to be careful like that. We, we, we got to be careful to know that, hey, while the priest went to take care of the lampstand every day, we have to go to the Lord every day. Right. We have to go to the Lord every day so we can stay filled with the oil. Yes. Right. And we're going to see as we get to some of these churches, not today, but we're going to see as we get to some of these churches that Jesus said, I'll remove your lampstand. Right. I'll remove your lampstand. I don't want to hear that from me. I want to hear that from none of you all. Right. But if we allow false doctrine to come into us and we accept it, guess what? That oil is going to dry out. Because whatever we believe, whatever we hear, that's going to shape our belief system. That's what I said last week. So we're also going to learn today that, you know, even though we may do good deeds, it doesn't mean nothing if our heart is not right. We can do all the outreach. We can do all the witnessing, all we want to, all the preaching, the teaching and things like that. If our heart's not right. Doesn't mean nothing. Amen. 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 Look at verse 1 real quick in Revelation 2. All right. Revelation 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. So I talked about last week how scholars believe this angel is. Uh, the minister, the pastor, the elder, the overseer. And that's what I agree with, right? Some people believe it's an angel that's in charge of the church over there or an angel in charge of the region. But just common sense alone, let's think about this. An angel could get to the presence of the Lord like that, right? Why would Jesus need to write, tell John to write a letter to an angel? He wouldn't need to do that, right? No, so this is the minister. But why would he tell him to write to the minister first because everything starts with the pastor. Amen. Whatever the pastor allows, that's what the congregation is going to allow. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's vital. It's, and we're going to see in the scripture in a minute that it's vital for the pastor to be on point. It's vital for the pastor to be in prayer. Right? It doesn't mean that just because you pastor, you minister, all I do is get up and, and teach the word. No, we got to be in prayer. Right. We got to be in prayer. I can't tell you all to pray and I don't pray. It's like I can't tell you all to study if I don't study. Amen. All right. So to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. So let's stop right there. Who walks now? We already know from Revelation chapter one at the end that the lampstands is church. Right. So he's saying I walk in the midst of the lampstand. So. No matter what we do, he knows every one of our hearts. Right? Amen. You may be able to fool pastor, but you can't fool Jesus. Amen. All right? Because right? pastor can't get you into heaven. Jesus, right? I get 
Right? Only, only Jesus Christ can get you in heaven. I can't get you in heaven. Amen. Right? But I can aid and help keeping you out by what I teach you. Mm. If I teach you some stuff that's not in the scripture, how it's all about money, guess what? Your lampstand's going to go out. All right, so let's do uh, verse 2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You cannot bear those who are evil. Now, understand what he's saying here is not just talking about those outside the church, but those within the church. Why? Because they were warned years ago. Paul gave them prophetic word. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Everybody there? Yeah. All right. Uh, start at 17 and we'll scroll down. For my leaders, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. Again, he's calling for the elders of the church. Why? Because the, it all starts and begins with the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I would lived among you. Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to, to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Again, publicly, he taught him as a group. He taught him in the synagogue. And we also know what? When they ran him out of the temple, guess what? He took the disciples, because when he got there, there was 12 disciples. He took the disciples and, and went to a school of Tyrannus and taught them there. Let's jump to 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So let's stop right there, going back up to the beginning of 24. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. Paul never thought about himself. Right? So, again, so much as we've been saying the last few weeks about that's life. See, when we talk about that life here, it actually becomes about us. It should never be about us. Let's jump to verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. So the Holy Spirit, them overseers. So it doesn't matter what seminary you go to, what Bible college you go to. If the Holy Spirit did not make you overseer, you're not called. Amen. <laughs> and we got a lot of people that are not called. Jesus. And that's why I said nobody wakes up for the most part or nobody grows up saying I want to be a pastor for the most part. That's right. All right. Because it's, it's, a, it's, it's a call. Right. And it's a call. There are some churches, right? They don't even talk about the Holy Spirit. But how is it? It just says right here that the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. So how can you not talk about the Holy Spirit? Who is God? And then they wonder why there's no move of the Spirit there. Because you don't invite Him in. What verse was that? Oh, 28. All right. 
All right, 29. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So this is him giving a prophetic word to the elders, the overseers there. Why? Because he knew what was going to, the Lord revealed to him what was going to take place. Right? So they had to maintain their spiritual discipline in this. Also, this is good right here. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. So he's telling them, look, why he's got them there. He's not holding back. He said, even among yourselves, some of you are going to rise up, speak perverse things. That's speaking the truth. Right? That, now, if we hear that today in America, we'd be like, oh, he's being too hard. And the church today in America would not be able to take the Apostle Paul. Why? Because he spoke the truth. Yeah. So as many as people, as churches teach about the Apostle Paul, if he was here, they wouldn't like him. Yep. Just, just for this right here. He, because he spoke the truth. He spoke what God was giving him. And see, sometimes we get offended by those things. But it was a warning to them. Some of them didn't heed the warning because it's a prophetic word. Yeah. We know that Paul was true. Yeah. Verse 31. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Warn, warn them of what? The sound doctrine. Why? Because I know I can see what's coming ahead. I don't want you to give in to listen to this person, that person, this person, or... God forbid, even if it's Phil, <laughs> he starts speaking perverse things. You got to know the truth. Look, we won't know the counterfeit if we don't know the truth. Amen. And that's the problem with a lot of Christians today. We don't know the truth of the word. We've been given things for so long that we're thinking it's the truth because they take one or two verses out. And some of them don't do it maliciously. Right. And, and we also have to understand there's a difference between. Someone that's a false teacher and a pastor that may fall into sin. Right? It doesn't mean they're necessarily a false teacher, but they fell into sin. And yes, they do need to do that. Right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a false teacher. But we got plenty of false teachers out there. I'm not going to name them today. I, 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 I was, but I'm not going to. I'm going to be good. <laughs> I'm going to be good. All right. Amen. Amen. All right. So. How seriously did Paul take sound doctrine? And, and, and this is why this church here, we're going to get back to Revelation. Turn to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. Everybody? Amen. All right. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. But even if we, look how Paul is including himself in this. Even if we, who's we? Paul, Timothy, Silas, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. So, you know how sometimes we can get into habits and we can read and then 
you know, we may daydream while we're reading. Well, maybe that's just me. That happens to me. So sometimes I'm reading and then I forget. I'm like, what did I just read? Because I'm daydreaming. So Paul helps us out in verse 9 in case that happens in verse 8. <laughs> As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. So what does that word accursed mean? Y'all know I like definitions. I don't think I'd give it one little, little while. That word accursed means a thing devoted to God without hope of being redeemed. So now we have people over the years that were teaching things thinking they were devoted to God. But they were teaching perverse things. Right. So they have no hope of being redeemed. What else does it mean? If an animal is to be slain, a person to be doomed to destruction. Oh, we got a lot of people on TV. Right now, if they don't repent, they're doomed to destruction. Because there's no way that what they're saying, a lot of them saying, not everybody, some of them saying, line up with the scriptures. But guess what? We're responsible for that. Right? Because if we don't heed to that stuff, then a lot of them wouldn't do it. Right? But we give into that stuff. And we like, and I have people tell me, well, you know, son, what they say, it, you know, they don't always say everything that's wrong. It, you know, some of the stuff they say is, is good and true, right? That's how it gets sucked in. Guess what? Every false religion has something true in it. That's right. But listen to what Paul says. He included himself in that. If I, if I, if we teach anything, let us be accursed. How many pastors are going to say that today? Right. But we got pastors doing it. So they obviously not reading the same books I'm reading. Right. Because guess what? They're going to have blood. People's bloods on their hands. All right. Let's go back to Revelation 2. Let's go to Revelation 2. I'm going to read 1 Timothy 1 and 3 real quick. But you don't have to turn there. Go to Revelation 2. As I urged you when I went to, into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Right? Think about all this teaching that Ephesus, the Christians, the church are getting there. It's all about sound doctrine. Right? All right. Revelation 2, uh, excuse me, Revelation 2, verse 2. I know I read it, so I'm going to read it again. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Right? Do we do that? To do a self-check on. Do we, do, do we test what we're hearing, or just because it's a church, and we go in there, we may want to fellowship with other people, and, and, and hear praise and worship? It's okay. No, we're to test them. Right? We're to test what's being said. We're to test that doctrine. And if it's not sound doctrine, we're supposed to flee. We're supposed to flee. Verse 3. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. These are all good things that they're doing. Right? So, they didn't grow weary in what was taking place. But, 
they stood strong, right? So even as we see a, a lot of things going on today, right, they were facing this back then. They were facing people coming in trying to infiltrate them with different doctors and things like that, and even from those from within. But they persevere because if you think about it, that can be hard, right? That can be hard having to, man, I want to, I want to listen to this radio station. I want to listen to this preacher. Man, he's not there. And this is just the easy part for us, right? But, but they were dealing. They didn't, they didn't have the radio. They didn't have the TV. They were dealing with people that were coming to them. Right? And they were dealing with people that were also dealing with sorcery and things like that. But they didn't give in to that. They stayed true to the word of God. And all this is in Acts 19 and 20. Verse 4. All right. Nevertheless, I have this against you. Nevertheless. So they get commended for all these things. And we would think this is a good church, right? Because they were doing good things right. So on the surface, everything is good. Everything is lovely, right? But you know, me and Marie talked about it before. We don't like that but. <laughs> but this is Jesus giving the but when he says nevertheless, right? This, this is his but. So I done laid all this out, all your good, commending you, right? Nevertheless, which is the but, right? I can't stand when somebody gives me a but, right? <laughs> because think about it, we know when we hear that but that discounts everything else you just said right but guess what Jesus is giving his butt here nevertheless I have this so again for all the good we can do right all the outreach all the giving prayer walks everything if we don't have that first love none of it matters right none of it matters so what's that first love? Matthew 22. Verse 37 and 38 says this. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Mm. Amen. Now, this is where we need to examine ourselves. Jesus. Right. It's not. Because I'm not in your heart, right? Amen. We have to examine ourselves. Are we like the church of Ephesus? Where we're just doing works, going through the motions. Because basically that's what they were doing, go through the motions, right? And, and there's churches like that, Christians like this today. They'll be hard with the sound doctrine, but there's no love behind it. Jesus. Right? So we have to examine ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Or whether or not we still... Do we love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind? These are things we could take for granted. Why? You, you think back to when you first got saved. I talked about it Wednesday. Right? I think back to when I first got saved. Man, I was in church all the time. Right? Waking up praying to God. Just praising Him. Right? Nobody could do anything wrong to me. I wasn't getting mad. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> For the most part, my memory, my wife might have a different recollection, but, <laughs> but everything was good. I didn't mind spending time with the Lord. I didn't mind no matter how busy my day was, come home, going into the prayer closet, spending time praying, worshiping, reading my Bible. Are we still doing that today? 
Why? Because that was my first love, right? Now, over the years, I waned from that, right? I started to get busy, right? And then I'm like, oh, all right, I'll pray later. No, because now he was no longer my first love, right? We, we're all in danger of that, right? So we, we got, we, that's why we have to examine ourselves daily. We have to examine ourselves every single day. Right? And just, just like them, we can't grow weary in that. Right? Because our flesh does not want to come to the Lord when we come home from work. I speak from first-hand experience. Right? I know what I need to do. My flesh is saying, so wait. 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 Wait five minutes. Right? Then five minutes to turn into 15. 15 to 30. Mm. Then a phone call comes. Yeah. Right? Oh, the game's coming on. Right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I didn't pray. Hold on. Let me go upstairs for 30 seconds real quick. Mm. Right? We got to examine ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because in this life, we can get busy. Yeah. We can get distracted. Yeah. Right? We got work. We got family. Right, we got so much going on, right? Yeah. And a lot of this is just a plot from the enemy, yeah. right? Because he's the ruler of this world, yeah. right? But Jesus is testing our hearts, yeah. right? We don't want our oil to dry. Yeah. We don't want our oil to go where we don't want to be like the five virgins, yeah. right? And, and see, this is what Christians do, yeah. right? Because we don't spend time with God, pastor, pastor. Can you pray for me? Joan, can you pray for me? Because we don't have no oil. So because we don't have no oil, we want somebody else to pray for you. Well, you know what? Those days have got to be over. Right? Because we don't, I don't want to lose my oil. Right? And that's what we have a habit of doing. Right? Not that we can't pray. We're supposed to pray for one another. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what we do on Wednesdays. Right? But we got to be careful of that, that now we're looking for prayer because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Right? I get people come to me all the time. Are you praying? Well, no, not really. Well, then what you want me to do? I mean, it don't matter how anointed I am. If you're not, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, what does it matter? If you out there sinning, do it. Jesus can't help you with that. So I certainly can't help you with that. But this is, again, that first love. Right? These are the things that we take for granted that we overlook. See, we get so caught up in faith, faith, faith. But author Hebrew says that's elementary. Right? But we have so many people teaching it today. That's the first thing we teach. Faith, faith, faith. Why? Faith so we can try to get something. How about let's get to the Lord? How about let's get to the Lord, right? Even these people that went to Jesus for their healing, they still have to go to Jesus. That's what it's about. Us to get to Jesus. Right? And see, the enemy want us to get weary, want us to get tired in our ears. Trust me. None of y'all is that. He, he, he be my ear. You got time. Wait. Uh, no, so I put it. Hand over my ear, just like that. Because he come right here, to this right ear. I don't know where he come for y'all, but for me, he come right here to this ear. 
So I do like this, or I do like this, and then he go away. Right? But then guess what? He'll come back later on. Right? Because it all, it starts in the mind too. He starts with our mind, right? Bombard us. So that's why we got to cast down those strongholds and everything that results itself. It's the knowledge of God. Amen. All right, let's keep going. (laughs) All right. Uh, Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. I don't want my lampstand removed. Right? That's not something that we should overlook. Right? So, you can imagine what you want to imagine what, what that means, right? So, if he removes our lampstand, guess what? We're no longer the light, right? So, guess what? So, when we go into the dark places, if he removes our lampstand, now we're dark. See, when we come into a church, or not even a church, when we're around other believers, none of us should stand out among each other. Why? Because we're all light, Right? We should all be light. So it's not about looking up to this person or that person because we're all light. doesn't matter how long we've been saved. doesn't matter. If we're born again, Holy Ghost filled, we're supposed to be light. Right? So now as we come together, right? So now even if we were to stand outside as a group, when them cars go by, they should see something different. Right? So I remember when I was in the reserves, uh, I had to go to Massachusetts, boring place in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember the city, but it doesn't matter. But I had to go there for two weeks. I think I told the story before, but I had to go there for two weeks, and I didn't want to go. I'm like, I just came over back to duty. Why I got to do two weeks? But I went. But it was God having me go. Why? Because I'm riding by, and I see a church, a little storefront church. The light was there. This is in the daytime. I'm riding to go get lunch. The light was there. Feel the spirit telling me, go there, go there. And I'm like, nah. I'm like, nah. I'm like, I'll be honest. I'm like, I'm the only black person in town, too. <laughs> I'm like, nah. And then uh, drove back. I said, okay, I'm going to go. And I went in. They just welcomed me in. And they were just full of love. They were the church. They were being the church, right? And the light was there because they were a praying church. Amen. Right? And to this day, I still communicate with them. Yeah. Right? Because they were being who they were supposed to be. Right? So even when I went to Iraq, they were sending stuff to me. They were sending them stuff to me more than my own church. Mm-hmm. Right? Writing me emails and things like that. More than my own church. Right? They were the light. And that's what the Lord wanted. Right? Their lampstand was shining brightly before the Lord. That's how our lampstand should be. Right? No matter who we come across, no matter where we're at, even if we're in the gym in the midst of darkness, we're supposed to be the light. Right? If we're blending in with the darkness, something's wrong. That means we don't have no light because they can't see the light. Right? I don't disrupt anybody no more or talk in front of me or anything like that. I used to. Back in my younger days, I used to get angry, right? I don't, and I tell them, don't apologize. Be you, right? Because you can't be this because you're not saved, right? So why try to put on a front, right? We don't be like Christians because Christians put on a front. Truth be told, right? 
We put on a front. All right. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. All right. Yep. Yeah, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. And you look at them later, they're miserable. Prayer? No, nah, I'm good. You sure? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and you know they're not good. Right? It's written all over their face. Right? <laughs> but we, we learn to play church. Right? And that's going back to our first love. See, when we, when we first get saved, we're not ashamed. Right? We, when we first get saved, we're willing to ask for prayer for anything. Right? We, we, are, will, we are willing to ask for prayer no matter what it is. Right? I got a hurt pinky toe. Can y'all pray for me? You know, we don't, we don't hold back. Right? Right? Because we, we, we're, we're little babies. We're innocent. We're children. And that's how we're supposed to be. Even when we enter the church, we're willing to sit in the front. Right when I got when I wasn't saved and I went into church, I'm always in the back. Right when I got saved, I'm in the front. Right, because I don't want to be distracted. Right, but nowadays we got people coming to church. They on their phones. We were part of church one time, and uh, the family used to come in. Now the husband used to pay attention, but the wife she'd be talking all through the sermon, talking to her daughter. And I'm like, why are y'all here? I'm like, y'all could be talking outside. I was like, why? But then, guess what? There's no oil there. Because anytime something was going on, can y'all pray for me? Well, I wonder why. I wonder why you can't stand tall when you're going through. Because you don't have no oil. Because you're taking it for granted. Right? Because church to you is just going into a building and just sitting there. Right? That's not what it's about. All right, let's finish this up. Verse 6. This you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Which also I hate. So, who are the Nicolaitans? What they did was they mixed the doctrine of Christ with lasciviousness. Right? They mixed it with sexual immorality. Basically, worldliness. Right? So, they were coming in and trying to introduce the church in Ephesus to this. Right? But they wouldn't take, they, they said, nope, we hate that. Right? Now, if I say this, that I hate something or, or say the particular group, I'll probably be crucified by the church themselves for judging. Right? But what does Paul say? We don't judge the outside. Right? We judge what goes on in the house. But like I said before, we got a habit of judging the outside instead of what's going on in the house. Right? So, historical writers say this about the Nicolaitans that you remember when the, um, the seven were picked in Acts? The seven, I guess they say the first deacons, Stephen, Philip, and them. Well, guess what? Nicholas was one of them. Right? He was a proselyte who became a Jew. In other words, he, he was a Gentile who became a Jew. And he got picked to be a deacon. But that's where that doctrine started from. Somebody was in the church. Somebody was in the early church where he witnessed a whole bunch of stuff going on. But all that false doctrine, years later, years later, started from him. Right? Are we tolerating that stuff? Are we tolerating all these things going on where you see these churches that basically, they have more fun than the club. Because it looked like a club. There's no holiness in that. 
Jesus Christ is not there. I, I get videos and stuff sent to me all the time. I don't look at them all. Right? When I say video, I'm talking music and stuff like that. And sometimes I, I, I'm like, Holy Spirit ain't there. I mean, you could clearly see it. But people send me stuff, and I'm like, mm, no. But if I can see that, why can't you see that? Because what it does is it pees in your flesh. And you got people up there dancing and everything like that. And then you read. I always love reading comments, right? No matter what it is, if it's a newspaper article or whatever. I love reading the comments because that's where you get your laughs at when you see stuff. But, uh, you know, people, I ain't laughing at that. But uh, you know, people be like, oh, the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wasn't in the midst of that. Yes, I will judge because. The Bible says I can judge what's going on in the house. So, yes, I will judge. The Holy Spirit's not there. You're not sitting up there dancing like the world talking about the Holy Spirit's there. No. But these are the things we're supposed to hate. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it is true. Right? These are the things we're supposed to hate. But how many of us just accept it? Right? We, we just accept the doctrine that's going on. And it shouldn't be. All right. Verse 7. What does Jesus say? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So, the tree of life. We know the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. Right? So, you can use your imagination. He who hears and overcomes. What happens to those who choose not to hear? Who choose not to overcome? Who choose to give into their flesh? We don't want to be like that. All right. As long as you come here, I'm not going to let you be like that. Right. You know, and even people in the house, you know, you, you, you try to teach them some stuff, talk to them. Soon as you it's like. They want to run. Right? They want to run because we've received so much of a watered down gospel. And people rather be bound than set free. Right. We got to be careful like that. There's no need for any of us as Christians to be tormented like that. Right. So even as we go on to, to the, these next churches, right, even those that face persecution. It can still be a joy to us if we're walking with Jesus. Right. Even what I'm going through, I can still rejoice because it's Jesus. Right. So no matter what it is, if we're walking with him. Right. And we're spending time with him. Guess what? He's taking care of the wick. He's filling us up with oil. And we can go and we can be joyful. Right? So even regardless of what... It may hurt sometimes, but that's okay. Jesus is still Lord. We're still a part of the kingdom. We're still a part of his body. That is something to rejoice over. Right? And that's not something we should take lightly. Right? We, we, we don't... We don't it's time out for coming to church playing games, you know. And, and as as we stay in the Lord, we 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 grow, we mature, you know. We all do that, right? So I don't want to be at a church listening to somebody that always doesn't tell me that I'm good. Might have might might need to tell me, look, Phil. Tighten up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what good is it to be told that you're good? Oh, God loves you when you know you're doing wrong. Amen. Oh, I ain't going to do that. I said that word ain't again. <laughs> I am not going to do that, right? 
I love you. But what good is that if I'm loving you straight to hell? Yes. And then if I do that, guess what? I'll probably be your cellmate in hell. <laughs> right? Because your blood is going to be on my hands. Right? Amen. I'm not going in for none of y'all. <laughs> and I don't want y'all going in for me. Right? So, you know, sometimes we all need to be checked. Amen. And that's okay. Does it feel good? Nope. It doesn't. You know, but the truth is the truth, right? As long as, long as we give in scripture and the word, that's what matters. That, that's what we can't deny, right? So I always hate when my wife come to me and said, well, the scriptures say that. I was like, oh, gosh, would you stop? <laughs> right? Because I can't deny it, right? Right? But sometimes I'd be like, well, now you need to show me where it says that, right? Because you're interpreting that wrong, right? I'm joking, but I'm not joking sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you may come with something. I'm like, nah, scripture's not saying that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, we're going we, we gonna to stop. <laughs> but I do want to play a song. I just want to listen to this. I'm sure it's a song we're all familiar with, and we'll close out with that. Um, Thank you. 